Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. So we've talked about video a lot on this podcast, the power of video, the need for video, but I have not been able to successfully get any advisor on the show who is producing substantial amounts of video content. And so my team went out and scoured LinkedIn specifically, and then found this person who's just creating so much content. And the best part about it is it's not just content. It's really good content. So Akiba Ellis is our guest today. Akiba, you know what? Uh, Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about who you are so that they can contextualize what we're going to be talking today which is about how you as a financial advisor can create really great engaging content without it killing your calendar. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited for this conversation. It's one of my favorite topics in the world to talk about. But for context, I think it is very important because my career is multifaceted. So I am a former financial advisor, financial planner, did that for the first five plus years of my career. And since then, my career has a little bit of of, had an evolution. So I started as a financial advisor, added on this financial educator piece. And that's where the videos really started to come in and to shine. And now these days, how I really identify is more so a financial educator and money coach for young professionals in their 20s and 30s. And so that's what I'm doing day in and day out these days is working with that specific demographic and having a lot of fun creating mainly video content. I have a lot of experience with other formats as well, podcasting and writing blogs and written content and all those things, but video is by far my favorite. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. So let's talk about the workload because you did make that switch. Now, when you are still a financial services professional in the way that I view you, there could be some hardcore people are she's not an advisor anymore. I don't really care. You provide people with the education and training that they need, especially to a massively underserved uh, population here in the United States, because no financial advisor wants to work with the people that you educate with because they don't have money. Let's talk about what your days look like now, how you balance the video specifically with your coaching responsibilities. And, And let's talk about a little bit, maybe what your clients look like and how you execute all of that. Yes. So these days I am more so doing group coaching. And so I found that has really allowed for a lot of scalability and breathing room and balance in my calendar on top of all of the million and one other things that I have going on. And so I really found that as a sweet spot, not just for me, but the impact that format can have on my target audience, right? It's not all the time that we need to meet one-on-one with people. A lot of times people really value having that peership experience and that cohort experience where they're not just hearing from me, they are going through it with other people who are in a similar boat together. And that has been really powerful. So that is one way I would say that I've created that space in the calendar that is so necessary and needed is really moving to a format where I'm working with groups and not necessarily individuals one-on-one. So that is one major key. The second thing is I do this with a partner 
my partner, my husband, <laughs> we're partners in business and in life. And so when I do need a little bit of leverage, he's always there to help to jump in, to pick up the slack. We have both kind of honed our skills when it comes to the technicalities and the logistics of producing video content, all the different steps involved, such as editing and all the things. And so we can really lean on each other in a way when things really do get to a point where it's like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And so that has also helped me and provided some leverage as well. Was this something you were just born with? Were you always this at this level of performance? And in how have you continued to get better and better? Because you have gotten better and better over the years of creating all this content. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to hear you say that I have gotten better and better. I still look at our first videos and cringe every single time, but it's all part of the process. But no, to answer your question, I was definitely not <laughs> born like this. Definitely did not have those innate skills. This has all been completely a journey for me. In full disclosure, I am definitely an introverted person. I never ever, if you had asked me six, seven years ago, honestly, as recently as that, if I'd be doing what I'm doing today and showing up in front of the camera all the time and being comfortable with it, I would say you're out of your mind. You are crazy. No, very introverted, also with a healthy dose of social anxiety right there sitting on top. And which surprises a lot of people who know me from seeing me on the internet. They're always like, really? Like, how is that possible? And I'm like, that is really the truth. And part of what pushed me, my first foray into video was really starting our YouTube channel, which still remains our main source and platform for content creation. And part of the reason why I came up with that idea and convinced my then boyfriend, now husband to do this with me is because I wanted to find a way to challenge myself and push myself out of my comfort zone. And so all of this really has been a tremendous journey and growth journey. And I do not take that for granted at all. So if you are terrified and scared of video and you're like, how could I ever? I was definitely that person. And so definitely take solace in that. Start at your own pace. You do not have to hit the ground running and conquer the world all in one day. You will look back as I'm now looking back, right? Five, six years later and seeing how far it comes. So definitely take some courage in that. We talk a lot, Akiva, on the show about the fact that it's a show, right? And so there are things that, that you should do to prepare for the show. What sort of things do you do to get into the right mindset so that you know when it's lights, camera, action, you're ready to go? Absolutely. So I think the most important thing is really the mindset, because when I am off or maybe we just had a little spat or argument before we get on camera, like you can tell. So I think it's important to be in the right frame of mind. It's for me, my part of my process is going over, of course, the topic at hand, whatever I'm about to talk about so that I don't have a million and one takes that I'm going through later and, and adding on time to the process, the already tedious process that is uh, video content creation. And so I really try to outline in my head, at least in broad strokes, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to talk about, the overall points that I want to make, and try to get that as succinctly as possible through the camera lens. I've experimented a time or two with using a teleprompter. That works pretty well for me sometimes my husband, not so much. So we've moved away from that. So you have to know yourself and know 
what works best? Do you work best just riffing off of a topic? Do you need more structure in the form of something that's a little bit more scripted? Or even if you're not scripting out the entire piece, a portion of it that, you know, might be a little bit harder or it might trip you up, especially those super technical videos that we do sometimes where I want to make sure that the, the detail is correct, right? There's no room for error when you're talking about laws and regulations and things like that might come up in videos. So I would say to consider all of that in terms of how you choose to set yourself up and get yourself in the right mind frame for filming. I, I was uh, the riffing kind of guy for a really long time and actually really opposed scripting in any way, shape or form. And then I bought this little tool and it's actually right here. And I know for those of you who are listening, you can't see this, but it's actually called the, the little prompter and it goes on my laptop and my phone goes right here with the teleprompter and you can set its pace, the size of the vi all of these different things. And in Akiva, it has been a game changer for us. The quality I can, for me, I can shoot the video in different personalities are really doing different takes much like an actor would like, Hey, do this one really excited and do this one a little bit more somber and do this one slower. And I can do all of that so that when we do send it to post-production, they've got a lot to choose from. Now you do the post-production. How in God's name did you learn how to do that? And why do you want to maintain that control? So this has all been a self-taught journey. I didn't know how to edit a video or anything like that before we started. So we literally started, I literally started filming all of my videos on my phone, editing everything on my phone. Everything was done on my phone in the very beginning. And over time, of course, we've upgraded software and systems and things like that to be able to do things a little bit more quickly. But we are 1000% self-taught. Of course, YouTube videos also help for people who've been doing this for a while to so just learn little tips and tricks there. But we are very much self-taught. And so that was just a decision that we made mainly because we didn't have the money to outsource video editing. We still don't. Literally, I just signed on my first video editor to help us out in this season because I'm currently, as we're recording this, about to have my first baby. And we want to make sure we're keeping up with content while we're on parental leave. And so I was like, okay, absolutely not. Like, we need help. Like, let's try to invest a little bit here and, and get that help. This is literally the first time since we've had our channel that we started in 2018. So it's been, what, five and a half? years since we've been on YouTube creating content. And we have edited every single video ourselves up until literally the last, the very last one that has gone live. And so that is really has been our journey. And like I said, it, it helps that we both know how to do these things and both have learned over the years how to do these things and how to become better so that we can really help each other out when things really do get to a point where they start to feel overwhelming. Sure. Okay. So I wasn't actually planning on doing this, but you just opened up a can of worms that I really want to go ahead and explore a little bit. Let's talk about, so you started with your phone, right? Uh, but now you've upgraded and a lot of advisors ask us on a regular basis, where do I even start? And I know you can start with your phone, but what have you upgraded to? Do you mind running through like the software that you use and the equipment that you've purchased? Because when you guys go and we'll have links in the show notes to really check out the YouTube channel, guys, this is really high quality video. Uh, like professionally done. That's how good it looks. And it's all done in-house, right? And except for now that you've had our video editor. And so if you, would you mind as people look at the stuff that they'll be able to contextualize the equipment that you have to make it so that might be something that they can either aspire to or buy using your experience as, hey, this is what I'm using. Yes. And I will start by saying, please do not let equipment be the thing that holds you back from starting with video. Do not ever 
You can start with your phone just like I did, especially in this day and age. iPhones, whatever you got, their camera quality is good enough to start. All right. So do not, you do not have to let this be an expensive endeavor. You really can start very frugally and very small. And if you'd like to, it's really not mandatory, but if you'd like to, you can upgrade over time. So like I said, started with doing everything on the phone essentially. And then once that tired of that (laughs) over that my first purchase really was our camera that I still use to this day like I said I've had this camera for basically almost five years at this point I personally use the Canon EOS M50 that is the camera that we the one and only camera that we have used to create videos and in this day and age even certain webcams can be really high quality for getting some really great content even the webcam I'm using right now I'm in love with and a time or two when I'm feeling lazy I will just use that and not go through the whole song and dance of like setting up the camera make sure the battery's charged and putting it on the tripod and all that song and dance right uh, so it really comes most natural. Use what comes most natural to you and something that's not going to get in the way of you actually hitting that button and pressing record at the end of the day. And so after the camera, I then upgraded my laptop. That was my next major purchase because the laptop I had at that point was just not cutting it for 4K video and that level of data transfer and the work that needed to be done in this system to make it work. So I did upgrade to a better Mac computer so that I was able to actually edit on. I downloaded and purchased Final Cut Pro, which is, I use Mac, so that is the kind of the go-to package for editing videos. It was a one-time, lifetime purchase. I don't know if it's still like that, but hopefully it is. It was a few hundred bucks. That was like my next big upgrade. And that's really what we've been using since then is Final Cut Pro and our handy dandy Canon camera. That is the bulk of it. We have a couple other things where of course we attach an external microphone. We've been using the same microphone ever since five five years ago as well. So we really haven't made substantial upgrades when it comes to camera gear. I would say the only upgrades we've made is really on our computers themselves to be able to handle these projects faster and and better and render them faster so that we're not spending as much time on that piece either. All right. So that's absolutely, that's everything I wanted you to talk about. That's absolutely perfect. Now let's talk about the use of the video. Uh, when, When you're shooting the video and what you've been doing for the last five years, what is the why? Like, what was the, why do you think video is so important for you as a financial coach and a a financial educator, but also because you were a financial advisor, why, why do you think financial advisors should be leaning more into video? Video has so many use cases. That's the very first thing. Because I love that it is so adaptable because we have also at various points in our journey taken this video content And all of a sudden, yeah, you scrape the audio and you have a great podcast, right? And you have different formats where we can make this into short form video. That's all of a sudden a great clip that you can post on TikTok or on YouTube Shorts or wherever. It is so versatile. So once you have all of those elements combined of the audio, the video, really the world is your oyster and you can really repurpose. It's a great place for starting when you're trying to repurpose content and spread awareness beyond just maybe one particular platform or one particular area. So that's one reason why I love video so much. And the second big reason and why I think every advisor should really be getting comfortable with video is because it really allows for people to see you and your personality and what makes you unique and really allows your target clients or whatever your intended uses for video, even if it's for just keeping relationships with existing clients, it allows people to really see you, 
right? Not just the audio, not the, just the visual, but both. It's what makes them want to work with you versus any other advisor. And so I love video. I try to incorporate it in so many different use cases wherever I can, whether it's just a, hey, welcome to the firm, like glad to be working with you, to educational content, which is a lot of the work that I do these days, to media. And there's so many different use cases. I have a fun quiz that people can take that I have. And at the end of it, what do you see? A video. Great. Thanks for taking the quiz. There's just so many places where video can be inserted into your systems, your processes in a way that allows people to really connect with you on that deeper level and really build that level of trust that I think no other format can really do. Yeah. So I'm, that's, I, I was just going to ask you about that. So you said a couple of things there that I want to make sure that we highlight that the first thing is it, it is, it really is an amazing prospecting tool, but it's even more of an amazing client communication tool, right? There's really great programs out there like Loom or Bomb where you send, instead of sending a standard text email, right? You can send a quick video. People want to see you. And then also Akiva, from a competition standpoint, like if if I'm anything under 70 years old, uh, which I do happen to be, uh, if, if I know that an advisor has video content on their website, I watch it, right? Because I want to know how they're talking. I want to see everything. I want to see their facial expressions. I want to hear what they're saying. I want to feel their passion. Is there passion? Is there no passion? And here's the deal, advisors. If your competition has the video and you don't, they're going to win. They are going to, and that's just the reality of the situation. And so you obviously learned that early on. Let's talk about how you have been able to utilize video because Akiva, I'm sure you know this. There are advisors sitting around saying, okay, yep, she knows what she's talking about. She's obviously really good on the camera. She's got all of her ducks in a row. She's producing all of this content, but what is it getting? So let's talk about the, the elephant in the room, which is ROI. How do you measure that? Because guys, I want you to understand she's getting unbelievable amounts of views uh, on her content compared to most other people who I've seen who create financial services content. So how do you quantify all of the time that you spend on this? Yeah, I personally don't necessarily look at ROI as like a return of dollars necessarily. And when I started, here's the thing about the beauty of my particular journey is that when I started this, I did not go into it with the intention of making a whole bunch of money or this being one day a primary tool that I'm using to attract clients to something, right? Literally, it was just, hey, I have all this money knowledge that I'm learning and sharing as like a first year financial advisor that I need to get out. I, at that stage of my life, was working with multi-millionaires and I'm looking at the people around me who are like me, younger people, people who look like me. And I'm like, where's the stuff for us? And so I was like, this is just my outlet, right? And I really just focused on serving and really had that service mentality. And I think that ultimately served me in the end where I wasn't necessarily so focused on trying to get a return in terms of dollars all the time for what I was putting out. The goodwill that I have built with my audience at this point is unmatched. You know what I'm saying? Like that is really what I look at as a marker for success. When I'm going down and reading comment after comment after comment on my YouTube videos about how much my content has helped change somebody's life or has helped somebody take the next step in their financial journey, to me, that is priceless. And you never know. You 
the world is so small. You really never know. It's amazing to me sometimes how people are connected, things are connected that you didn't even see coming. How many opportunities I have had indirectly because of my YouTube channel. People who would find me online and say, hey, come speak at my conference or hey, come do this, right? Paid speaking engagements, all kinds of opportunities have come as a result of me just putting my best foot forward and having that service mindset. Of course, it's important for us to make money. Don't get me wrong. It is. And in this day and age, I really have uh, shifted focus a little bit more to being intentional and adding that intentionality around my content in a way that it does actually lead to actual clients now that I have an actual offer to put them in and not just me spouting off information. And there's techniques and there's strategies on how to do that. But I think in terms of success for me, it's seeing that impact through the response that I'm getting and also taking it the next step and applying that to actual paid services and programs and offers. I do look at more so metrics on the videos to see reach, to see engagement, to see are the topics that I'm talking about actually converting people in the way that I have said, right? When I'm leaving my CTAs, my call to action in videos, are people actually taking me up on that, right? What is the conversion on that? So if you really want a hard metric, like that is something that I do look at. But by and large, I really just try to focus on sharing things that I know people will appreciate and that will be helpful to my target audience's lives. We talk a lot about on this podcast about the whole idea of accelerating influence and moving people from skeptics to fans, which is really the fan component of this Akiva was what is one of the main reasons we really wanted you on the show because everything you just said shows illustrates you have fans and we know that the more fans one creates the more opportunities that are there because true fans much like you just said let's say you've got you know jane over here who's watched it who knows nikki and nikki runs a conference and jane tells nikki that hey kiva would be unbelievable here is this library here's how she performs and here's everything those are, that's a fan because you know what Jane did is Jane sold for you. And that's what we want to do with this whole influence acceleration system that we have been preaching now for about six years in financial services. So when you started your video journey, it was right around when we started Proudmouth. And I think that things have changed so much. Things got really accelerated with digital marketing through COVID. And I know that that was one of the things that also put the gas for a lot of people. Okay. And I also really appreciate that because we really do believe that the content that you create has value itself. It's art. You create art, whether you want to agree with that. I believe it's art. You're a storyteller. You're an educator. That's art. It's also such a great way to maintain and build relationships, and it does breed more and more opportunities. And now, and I love how you finished that, now that you're a much more direct CTA, right, now we know how we can go ahead and measure that. So let's just bookend this with, if there was one thing that you think that if you could give advisors advice when it came to doing education on financial services topics, what would you tell them to maybe <laughs> get the motivated to get them to actually hit record. Yes, I think the main thing is that video is such a great way to serve your audience and when you are audience minded, client minded first and foremost, and you think about the tremendous value that video can have to serve the people who you're trying to serve, video almost becomes a non-negotiable. It is by far, in my humble opinion, the best way and the most scalable way to connect with individuals 
on that level. And so if you are really trying to be of service, video is the way. We had Stoy Hall on a little while ago. And one of my favorite things that Stoy had said was perfection is the enemy of done, right? And so you look back, <clears throat> which I did, by the way, uh, I scrolled all the way back to your really early YouTube videos. And it just really made me smile for a couple of reasons. One, because you just did it, right? And, and you took the risk and you went ahead and shot the video. But from a relationship building standpoint, Akiva, I saw you grow, right? And I know that sounds really corny, but it's not. Like I was on, I felt like I was on a journey with you and I got to see you get more polished and more organized. And you could tell when editing became a little bit better in People love seeing that journey. They want to grow with you. And that's really what fans truly want. You look at somebody like Taylor Swift as an example, right? Look at what she did when she was 16 and look at what she's doing now, right? There have been people who've been on that journey with her forever, much like there's been so many people on this journey with you for the last five, six years. Okay, here's the deal. There's two things here, and I didn't prepare you for this, so I'm going to warn you, not really, but here's the deal. We started off the show talking about how you really educate a population that very few advisors really focus on. But we also know that right now, really over the next 10 to 15 years, is going to be the greatest wealth transfer in the history of wealth transfers. And very few advisors have the skills that you have and also the engagement techniques to really talk to the next generation. Can advisors send their clients' kids to your stuff? And can you help your clients' kids so that they will end up being great clients for the advisor someday? Absolutely. This is one of the biggest things I hear all the time from advisors. They want to find a way to reach the quote unquote next gen. I know people have different feelings about that term, but for all intents and purposes, it's either they don't have enough time or capacity, or they think it just doesn't make financial sense from an ROI perspective, which Hopefully you realize by now that it either when that wave comes, either you're in it or you're not, right? And you could get left behind in the dust. But yes, absolutely. And so part of the work that I've really taken on over the past few years was really taking those video skills, those presenting skills, and also just my innate knack for teaching and breaking down complex topics. And that has really come together in the form of a wonderful program that I have. It's called Money 180. And I do have a version of it that is that I have used at financial advisory firms. It is available for financial advisory firms to use. And the benefit of that really is you don't really have to do much, right? A lot of the content, again, is already there. You are there as support for these individuals if they have follow-up questions. And that's how really and how I recommend it is done because you don't want individuals to feel like they're backseat clients or they are a second thought, right? This is really information and these videos and this content will really spark conversations with these individuals so that you can start to build that relationship with them. And so that when that wealth transfer does happen, guess who's top of mind? You are. And it's something that doesn't take a whole bunch of additional time off of your plate. You're not creating content from scratch. You're not trying to figure out what to talk about with them. Once they have gotten started in this, they take the reins. They lead the conversation. All you have to do is create the space for that. And that is really going to be a huge benefit for advisors going forward who really want to serve this demographic in a scalable, but also meaningful, impactful way. Okay. How do they find out about it? You can email me directly. My email is akiva at the bemused tv.com. 
We will make sure to have that somewhere because people always misspell my name. Or you can just hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm a very Googleable human, easy to find on the internet streets. So if you type my name anywhere, I promise you'll find me. But either message me on LinkedIn or email me and we can get a conversation started about how to implement that at your firm if you are interested. And here's the deal, everybody, you need to be interested in this. There's just a huge education gap. And on top of that, Akiva is specifically not only positioned, but trained and has experience in this level of education. And I was hoping that we would arrive there today because like I said, I've been consuming your content. My team has actively been, in fact, some of my team watch your videos to understand like newer team members who don't know some things, they'll watch your videos because it's such a quick and easy way. And really well done way for them to get these, as you said, complex financial topics. If you want to prepare this next generation, right? If you as an advisor want to retain your client's assets, because 70% of them are going to leave you, and that is a low number, by the way, you have to be able to provide them with actionable value. You don't have to be the one who does it. Bring in somebody. Show that you actually know that you're not the expert in everything, but you're going to bring a person in who is. So Akiva, thank you very much for all of the wonderful content that you create. One of the unintended consequences, actually there was an intended consequence of what we do here at Proudmouth is we wanted to be able to get this really great financial education and advice that was generally only reserved for the uber wealthy out into the public. And I remember when we first started started uh, the podcast podcasting specifically. We had an advisor who called us. He was so angry, Akiba. And he's like, people in Kansas are listening to me. I don't have a license in Kansas. You're wasting my time. And Kirk and I are like, <laughs> that's exactly what we wanted to do. Now, we because we need to make this education accessible and you have done a magnificent job. So thank you for everything that you do. And thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on, Matt. This means a lot. Listen, everybody, if you want to learn more how to do video, listen, we've got a course in the Pod Rocket Academy done by Katie Braden. It's a video course. And actually, you can get access to that for free. So go to podrocketacademy.com. And more importantly, we're going to have all of the, the links for Akiva specifically in our show notes. Please, oh, you really literally type in the word, the name Akiva, and she's going to show up all over the internet because all the content that she's created, which by the way, is another great reason for you to start creating voluminous content because you're going to show up page one in one of the first positions, but please lean on her to help you educate your clients, kids and grandkids to really help them make wise financial decisions. So for Akiva and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Hallard, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.